Saint Joseph the Hesychist is today one of the most well-known and recognized contemporary saints alongside Saint Paisios. His life, filled with struggle, extraordinary asceticism and spiritual diligence, is a great example to all Christians, but he is especially revered amongst monastics who hold him as the archetype of spiritual living. This short summary of the great saint cannot possibly detail every aspect of the saint's life, nor his wonderful teachings, nor all the beautiful stories and anecdotes he so often shared with his disciples, but rather will detail some of the basic facts about this spiritual giant who has influenced the life of so many. His humble life started in the small village of Lefkes, on the island of Paros in Greece. Saint Joseph was born with the name Francis to parents Yorgos and Maria, one of nine children. The family was beset by tragedy early on, with three of Francis's siblings dying very young. Of the living six, there were Edina, Emmanuel, Francis, later known as Saint Joseph, Leonardo, Maruso and Nicholas, later known as Father Athanasios. The day St. Joseph was born, his mother Maria experienced a heavenly vision of an angel approaching her newborn child. The angel, who filled the room with bright and heavenly light, had a stone tablet in his hand and began to write the name of the child on the tablet. Maria, in her amazement, called out, What is it that you want with my child? The angel responded, The king has need of him. No, you cannot take him, not my child. But the angel responded once more, I am telling you what is written, the king has need of him. And with that, the angel showed Maria a list of names, servants of the faith, as required by the Lord. From this moment and other similar incidents, his mother suspected and hoped that Francis would grow and join the angelic ranks of monasticism so as to serve the Lord. Francis grew up this way in both poverty and purity until he eventually left the island of Paros and moved to Athens to support his family through various odd jobs, such as mining and as a ticket collector on trains. Eventually, though, he served in the Royal Navy for two years for his mandatory military service and returned afterwards to Athens and began work as a merchant trader. As a young man, Francis showed his eagerness to excel, his intelligence and his integrity in his dealings with others and became a successful merchant. Even with all his gifts, his fiery character was ever-present from young. With the saint even describing himself as having a lion's heart. Once, a group of seven men stole twelve scarves from the store of Francis while he was away. On returning... And seeing the theft, he chased the men down, who were busy dividing the spoils amongst themselves. Francis leapt into the centre of the group and began fighting with them to retrieve his property. Seven men and one Francis. Yet he was like a lion amongst them, furiously zealous and unyielding. His brother Nicholas, who was waiting anxiously at the store for Francis to return, saw a ruffled Francis walking back towards the store with all twelve scarves. Here they are, he said triumphantly, placing the scarves down. I fought them all off to get these back. This character trait 
would later be utilized by the saint constantly. In fact, when he became a monk, he said to himself, The fighter that I was in the world is how I will now be with the demons. Francis continued to work in the city to earn money for his family until one day he received a revelation from God. He received a dream that he describes as follows. I dreamt that I was passing by a palace, and all at once two guards seized me and took me up into the palace. I did not understand why and protested. They answered kindly not to be afraid, but to go up, since it was the king's wish. We went up into a quite exceptional palace, beyond any palace on earth, and they dressed me in priceless clothing of pure white and told me, From now on you will serve here. And they took me to pay obeisance to the king. I woke up at once, and the things I had seen and heard made such a deep impression on me that I couldn't think or do anything. I stopped working and remained deep in thought. Inside me I kept hearing that command as if it were being endlessly repeated. From now on you will serve here. My whole inner and outward state changed. Nothing of the things on earth interested me, but I didn't understand what my dream meant or what I ought to do. This vision birthed a spiritual desire in the heart of young Francis as he began to search for his life's purpose. One day after praying to God for guidance, he experienced a vision of a beautiful young man shining brightly with a glowing warmth. The man asked Francis, Who am I? To which Francis responded, I do not know. How can you not recognize me, since your heart is constantly meditating on me with warmth? I am the saviour of the world. From now on, I don't want you to be here doing business with earthly and temporal things, but I want you to be doing business with souls. You shall go to the barracks from which no one leaves unless I want him to. It was this vision that began the great change in Francis. His journey towards the monastic life had begun. When Francis eventually travelled to the holy mountain, Ionoros, in 1921, he found a desolate, bleak and declining Athos. Many of the fathers and monks living there were poorly educated in the spiritual traditions that have long graced the holy mountain. Francis looked for many months to find a spiritual father that could teach him and guide him in the spiritual warfare that awaited him. Eventually, Francis settled in the brotherhood of the now Saint Daniel of Katunukia. Francis, though, desiring a hesychastal and ascetical life, was given the blessing by Saint Daniel to look for a spiritual father to cater for these spiritual desires. Francis, on his journey to find a suitable spiritual father, was accompanied by a simple monk who would stay with him for the rest of his life, Father Asenios, later known as the Cave Dweller. The two were told by Saint Daniel to go to the cell of the Annunciation, a small cave where two elderly and simple monks were living together, an elder Ephraim and Father Joseph. Saint Daniel advised that Francis and Father Asenios asked to become the disciples of these two monks so as to benefit from their spiritual guidance and live under obedience, both of which are essential to the monastic life. After a few years, Father Joseph passed away and Elder Ephraim eventually tonsured young Francis a monk, giving him the name of the late Elder, Joseph. Father Joseph lived under obedience to Elder Ephraim for a few more years until Elder Ephraim passed away. 
Father Joseph succeeded Elder Ephraim and became the new elder according to the monastic tradition. The now Elder Joseph and Father Asenios progressed spiritually together. They struggled with absolute asceticism and self-denial, spending many hours of the night in prayer and vigil and in the day worked in silence praying the Jesus prayer. They fasted greatly and denied themselves many comforts such as warm food, heating, extra clothes and electricity. Elder Joseph continued to rapidly progress in his spiritual life, reaching new heavenly heights resulting from his prayer. It was noted by his disciples that both Elder Joseph and Father Asenios would spend the whole night in vigil every day, only sleeping a few hours in the afternoon after the Vespers service. Despite Elder Joseph's attempts to remain unknown, his reputation as a great ascetic began to spread. As a result, various laymen and monks started to come to him with a desire to become his disciples. Of the few that managed to stay and undertake his intense ascetical program, his most notable disciples are as follows. Elder Ephraim of Arizona, known for being the abbot of Philothel Monastery in Mount Athos for many years, and who went on to found many monasteries in America as a missionary later in life. Saint Ephraim Katunakia, a now canonized saint who lived in Mount Athos, renowned for his great obedience and asceticism. Elder Halarambos of Dionysiu, who was the abbot of Dionysiu Monastery on Mount Athos, a holy man of great prayer. And lastly, Elder Joseph Vatopedinos, another disciple of Saint Joseph, who went on to become the abbot of Vatopedi Monastery and repopulated the monastery to a point now where over 120 monks live there. Eventually, after many years of struggled fields and ascetical living, St. Joseph passed away. In the last 40 days of his life on earth, he barely ate anything, receiving Holy Communion every day. His death was a death of a venerable person. He was informed in advance by the Holy Mother and Archangel Michael about his death, that he was going to be taken on the Bunny Year's Feast Day. On the day of the Domitian of the Theodokos, he received Holy Communion for the last time. He gathered his disciples to bid farewell and to give them the last blessing. At the moment of his death, he called out, Everything is finished. I am leaving now, Evloison, and peacefully closed his eyes and departed leaving his venerable and pure soul in the hands of the all-good God, for whom he lived and yearned all his life. He reposed in 1959 at the age of 61. It is extremely difficult to capture the essence of so great a saint in a span of a few minutes, and especially with Saint Joseph, whose life was filled with great temptations, divine visions, pure, all-encompassing love and prayer equal to that of the Desert Fathers. This great saint, though, remains a beacon of light for all through his many writings and letters he sent to his disciples over the years. These writings, which are of great benefit to all, are compiled in the book Monastic Wisdom. Having acknowledged the great difficulty of summarising the saint's life, it is fitting that in one of the letters of Saint Joseph, he himself writes regarding how he lived every day. So you don't want to suffer, then don't expect to ascend.
Whoever does not endure suffering should not expect grace from him. So then, bear the chain of your Christ. Close your mouth tightly and don't let a single word escape. Give yourself courage, saying, Why are you sad, my soul? Why are you disheartened? Nothing bad will happen to you. Test me, my dear Christ, and try me like silver in a furnace. Then your roots will grow deep like the trees whose roots grow deeper the more the wind blows. God is my witness that it was during my greatest temptations that I found the greatest consolation. So be brave in the Lord. Enjoy the temptations and grace will surely come.